What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the weekly walk-off on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And we are very lucky to be joined by Tim Daniel today, the host of the Late Night Reds show on YouTube, which is where I my listening of choice is also on Spotify. Tim, thank you so much for being here. It's the perfect time. The Reds are hot. Love going back and forth with you on Twitter. We love your appreciation for Jesse Winker. Thanks so much for being on. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's really fun, um, especially like Jesse was kind of one of the guys that we were like when he was in double A in Pensacola, we were reading about. So to see it come to fruition this past few weeks has been pretty terrific. It's it's like a, he's got a lot of young Joey Votto to him, which makes yeah. me really happy, like in my soul. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here to talk about all of it. Cool. So we haven't done one in a few weeks, but we've had, I think this is our third, right, Pat? We had a mm-hmm. walk off with Lucas Weiss and we did um, an Angels one uh, probably over a month ago at this point, mm-hmm. we're, but we're just going to do a full Reds episode, everything Reds, trade deadline coming up, all-star game coming up. Make sure to check out our last episode where Pat and I reviewed the phase one voting for the all-star game coming up in just a few weeks. But Tim, the Reds right now, they've won six in a row. They just got their eighth straight road win versus the Diamondbacks who have won 18, who have lost, excuse me, excuse me, lost 18 straight road games at this point. The Reds have won 13 of their last 16. They just swept the Brewers for their second straight series sweep. What's it been like on this win streak? How are you feeling about this team right now? Well, um, pretty terrific, honestly, Emma. So I think right now, I mean, you got to think like post Dusty Baker era, it's been really tough. Um, You know, when Joey Votto was hitting 360 and the guys in front of him were hitting 210, it was pretty brutal. (laughs) Um, so, you know, last year was really obviously a unique year with obviously with being a shortened season and they just, they couldn't hit, um, you know, everyone's well aware of the walks, more walks and singles uh, record that they set last year. So to see this, this year is really fun and unique. Um, you know, the national media had like weird differing of like opinions on the red. Some people really believe they could be a good ball club. Like they're showing right now. Some people felt they were the same offense and with the loss of Trevor Bauer and their bullpen, like losing all those guys, a lot of people were really concerned and. You know, obviously the bullpen has definitely been the major weakness of this ball club. Um, but during their win streak, they've been spectacular. Um, I think, you know, in Milwaukee, they didn't give up any runs as a bullpen. They gave up one because Heath Henry pitched like 30 pitches the night before and 30 pitches the night after. <laughs> um, but it feels great because everything just seems to be clicking with them right now. I mean, yesterday, you know, they're going against Wendy Peralta, who you can make the case right now is potentially the National League Cy Young winner. And they, you know, they battle with them. Um, you know, Tucker Barnhart, who's not exactly well known for being this clutch hitter, this big time hitter scores Joey Votto from first who I didn't know he still had those legs in him, um, <laughs> to take the go ahead lead. And you see like the energy of this team is just awesome. It's contagious and it makes it fun. So I compare them a lot to, they have a lot of like, cause they've had peaks and valleys. You know, you mentioned <laughs> they have the six game win streak. They've won eight in the road at home, 13, the last 16, there was a stretch that got swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks and at home. And it was, it was hard to watch. And, you know, they lost seven straight. They went to St. Louis and got swept and Sunday gray has been in and out of the rotation with injury. Luis Castillo is just now getting in the form. So they have a lot of like 2019, not Washington nationals vibes with me. I'm not saying they're going to win the world series, but that team went through like so many peaks and valleys this season. 
Um, and then like, they really need, like once Juan Soto got hot, things started clicking yeah. for them. And, you know, Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos have just been spectacular. Um, it feels like everyone's contributing right now. And it's just neat. Like, it's cool to see. Sorry if I'm just totally answering your question way longer than you wanted me to. But <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> these veterans that this team has in the mixture of the younger dudes. So like right now, nationally rookies, Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson lead the National League in on-base percentage for rookies. Yeah. India is so good. He is so fun. Yeah, big fan. The lettuce, as we call it here. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's a fan of. And um, so, you know, it's just, it's awesome. It's really fun. It's really, it's really contagious to get on. And it's really cool because the city's just different when the Reds are good. It's mm-hmm. just, the energy's up. And the Bengals are like that too, don't get me wrong. But when the Reds are good, like this is a baseball town. And it's just everyone's just really into it. Like people who don't really watch baseball on a regular basis are like checking the box score every night to see how they did. You go to Starbucks in the morning, everyone's talking about it. It's just fun. It's cool. And there's a lot of upside still to come for this team. Love that. Yeah. And, and that's really cool. So Tim, I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts here. Cause I feel like it's impossible to fully evaluate the reds without looking what else is around them there in the division. And I think that's what makes this team so interesting as well, because I look at that national league central And we know there are a bunch of teams there clumped in. The Reds are only two games back of first right now. The Cubs have been good. They're they're struggling in New York right now against the Mets. But do I really trust that pitching staff? I'm not sure. Milwaukee can pitch like crazy, but can they hit enough? St. Louis just does not have the pitching right now. I I like their offense. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) So it it leaves it leaves the Reds just right there in the thick of it. So how do you feel that kind of the division plays into the Reds Reds chance to possibly you know compete for a division title? Maybe be around the wild card i feel like that all kind of layers in on each other yeah that's a great question um i think for sure you know the one of the benefits the reds had this was kind of what we were talking about all offseason with the reds is you know they weren't necessarily super aggressive as we know in the offseason um you know they they traded rice iglesias the guy they traded for they cut and went right he went right back to anaheim (laughs) so it was kind of nerve-wracking honestly because you're like you know amir garrett's like i'm gonna be the closer and we're Mm -hmm. all like we like you but your control issues are very scary. Um, and as you saw the first two months of the year, they were very scary. So, you know, when they're like, oh, we're going to go pick up like Sean Doolittle and A.U. Hadeo mm-hmm. Suarez is going to be our shortstop. And we're like, oh, this doesn't sound too good. And um, but when you talk about like the thing that's really interesting is like everyone in the central has like this major flaw, like you said. So you talk about, um, you know, the Cubs, you know, they can hit really well, but every, everything you hear is, come the trade deadline we don't know if all those guys are going to be there mm-hmm. um you know chris bryan's in a walk here and there's no arbitration anymore for them so like they they're gonna have to pony up a lot of money if they want to have them so there's a lot there's some feeling in cubs fans that they're going to trade him at the deadline because they just know he won't be there next season unless they can really make a run and like you said that rotation is brutal um i totally forgot that jake Arrieta was back there until the reds went to Ring. oh yep Yep. We didn't forget. We did not forget. (laughs) We just expected it to be down the drain. I said some very harsh things about it. Oh, were you really? That's cool. I I remember that game. Yeah. Somehow I've been to two no hitters. I don't know how I've done. Oh my gosh. Cool. Um, But the Cardinals who, you know, are just my best friends. um, (laughs) That's just so great. So (laughs) hate seeing them lose. Yeah. I think everyone kind of penciled them as the favorites when they got Nolan and Renato. And I totally Mm -hmm. get that. I would do the same thing. Um, But you know, like when it's like, well, our rotations are a big strength. And it's like John Gant was like super lucky for a while. Yeah. Adam Wainwright, I think people forget, is like 47, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> don't do him like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and of course, like Michaelis is hurt. And I don't know if he's gonna be back this year. Yeah. And other than like really like they don't really have a guy in their lineup that scares me other than Arenado and Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. And Goldschmidt hasn't been Arizona Paul Goldschmidt since he nope. got there, so that's nice. Right. In Milwaukee, I have no idea how Christian Yelich forgot how to hit. Like I don't know Man. where that came from. Uh, because his his ML his MVP year he was tremendous. Yeah, was that one does suck. As general baseball fans, sure. it sucks to it, see. It's got to be the back. The I got to think it's injury yeah. because, as you said, that that MVP year was incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was unreal. Like we thought we were, we really thought we had a chance of Christian Yelich for a couple of years there. Mm. Um, especially because Miami, for some reason, was like, "Do you guys want Anthony DiScofani?" And we're like, "Sure." Like, how about how about uh, Luis Castillo, and we're like, yeah. Like, what do you want back? Dan Straley? Deal. <laughs> I also was like, they were just giving us like all these deals, and we're like, are you guys sure? Like, I was waiting for tomorrow to be like, do you guys want Jazz Chisholm for like some single A starter? Like, the way the Marlins will work. But I guess might want to check in there. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so I really think that the Reds certainly have a chance. I think that the way the hitting is going to have ebb and flows. Um, I think like every baseball team, you know, you, you know, I, I know Emma follows the white, the Red Sox very closely. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like when Rafael Devers is four for five, things are really good. Sometimes Rafael Devers is over five. The team kind of is falling. Up. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, it kind of depends to me. I think right now you got to think they're certainly buyers if the, the deadline in this circumstance. And I really want them to patch up the shortstop thing. Like everyone does. No, 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 my dis- question. Yeah. No disrespect to Kyle Farmer. Cause glove wise, he's terrific. Um, but you know, he's hitting 205 and his like OPS is super, like, I think like five something. So it's, you know, it's not very promising in that circumstance, but the beauty is everyone in the central has a major flaw. And I feel Mm -hmm. like with the Reds rotation and their outfield and the fact that they have so many bats that it really gives them a really good chance to make a run at it. Yeah. Pat, I'm so glad you brought that up because Pat and I were saying at the beginning of the season that the NL central was going to be the NFC East. Yes. It was just going to be the yes. worst teams in the league that all just happened to be in one division. And it was going to be so much worse than all of the other teams and all the other teams in the NL specifically. I still think the only chance for the Reds to get into the playoffs is through winning the central, because I think it's going to mm. be, yeah. I think it's going to be giants, Padres, um, Dodgers and the NL West. And I, I have, every, I would tend to agree. Yeah. That, I mean, just I the, the way that they're going, especially because the Padres aren't even fully healthy. <clears throat> yeah, that's the red sort of four games still with the Padres tonight. So yeah. And then play them again at the end of the month as well. So some yeah. good the competition for Cincinnati. Yep. Yeah. The red schedule gets much harder. I want to get into the bats in a little bit and the trade deadline and honestly, just the depth that the reds have. And I know that you talked about that on your last episode, but I'll go back to the point about the pitching and the arms in general. One thing that makes me feel very optimistic about the Reds is it seems that all of these things have been going right. And Luis Castillo is two and nine and Tyler Malley wasn't, he was good at the beginning of the year, but he's not the guy. Sonny Gray is on the IL. You've got a lot of hitters on the IL that are still going to come back. Vladimir Gutierrez step up, stepped up. What did, what happened to this rotation? How did it get to where it is right now? And the bullpen too, obviously. Well, I think the obvious thing is, you know, when you lose the NL Cy Young winner, a lot of people have have worry about that, and <laughs> you should. Um, but it seems like what's really kind of been beneficial to this team is this next. You know, it's so corny because you hear it in sports all the time. But next man up really seems to stand for these for these for these uh, arms. Uh, you talked about Vladimir Gutierrez, so 
he's 25. He had never been in the majors before. But when he goes up there and he's on the mound, he pounds the strike zone. Yeah. He's like, okay, you might get a hit off me. Like in his last two starts, he's gone seven innings and six innings. And both of those starts, he had 30 pitch first innings. So like, you know, he's, he's battled. Um, the, you know, last Sunday, uh, in a spot start, we had Tony Santion come in. He took the Sunday gray spot while he's out and he went four and two thirds, but you know, he battled and he's going to get a start this in the San Diego series, which is kind of nerve wracking because the Padres <laughs> are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this Derek Johnson thing, I really do believe works. Um, I think that it's no coincidence that when Sonny Gray came over from the Yankees, he was outstanding for a couple of years yep. and, um, you know, the bullpen still has worry for sure, but you're seeing people kind of find their own and, you know, TJ Antone's a perfect example. He's just like, we call him captain hook in Cincinnati for some reason. I don't really like the nickname, but people use it, but he was like the guy for a while. It's like if TJ Antone doesn't pitch, I don't know if the Reds have a chance to win tonight with the pen. And now Lucas Sims has kind of been, ter- he's been terrific the past couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. um, you just kind of are seeing all these guys step up Brad Brock, who like when I remember couldn't strike anybody out now he's getting everybody out. Um, so you know, you certainly were kind of worried when Rice Lace and Archer Bradley left for nothing, but things are working. And then, you know, also on the horizon, Hunter Green just got called to AAA. He's making his first start for Louisville tonight. Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Nick Lodolo is not too far behind him. Yeah. Um, which, you know, if you ask Reds fans right now about Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, you won't have a long enough podcast for us to start <laughs> um, But it just seems like things are happening. And, you know, we all certainly want them to go get more relievers. But, you know, I think does everybody right. I think every good ball club needs relievers right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really hoping the Yankees are just like, hey, you know, we're not doing well. You guys want to roll the Chapman back, which they won't do. But oh, Tim. (laughs) Oh, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't know if you guys you guys, you know, when when we had a roll to Chapman, he came in the ninth inning. You just knew you were fine. And Mm -hmm. so I just miss that feeling. No, it's nice to have that that comfort and, and you gave such a good answer there and, and it's kind of the narrative around the reds all of a sudden and i don't mean this in the bad way at all is that all of a sudden and I, I wake up and the reds are actually a pretty damn good baseball team yeah. they're right in the standings they've been doing it while all these guys are hurt they have a really good farm system of pitching coming up and they've got a really good offense yeah that's a pretty good spot to be in i think you know, one of the big conversations has been Joey Votto. And um, first off, he's my favorite Red of all time. Yeah. You will never hear me say a bad thing about him. But the fact that this year, his big thing was like, I'm going to reinvent who I am because I'm 37. You know, like people aren't afraid of me anymore. Mm-hmm. And now like he's sitting fifth in the order and he's slugging. Like he's league average and on-base percentage. He's above 400 in slugging. Um, and that's, you know, at 37, 38 years old, that's kind of fascinating because you know, I don't know how you guys feel, but batting average doesn't mean shit to me. Right. Um, to me, it's just a, it's a number. Um, but Joey Votto's OPS for where he's at in his career is pretty nice. And, you know, when they get Mike Moustakis back and when, you know, whatever they do with Eugenio Suarez, when they get Nick Senzel back, it's, you know, everyone's kind of like, well, what do you do there? And Nick Kirby, my co-host on Late Night Reds Talk, who's phenomenal. He's, you know, he's Mr. Sabermetrics. I learned so much just from talking to him. And he kind of breaks down this really cool idea of like, they do a 10 game rotation where like Bado plays eight, Mustakas plays eight, India plays seven, Suarez plays seven. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know if that will happen, um, but it just really makes a ton of sense. So I think just like what you kind of talked about, Emma, is like, yeah, they're a good baseball club. 
people outside didn't think that, but here, like we did. Yeah. We just were like, well, you know, they had a couple of breaks. Like I didn't believe a 60 game season was who their offense was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was brutal. Yes, it was. But like at the end of the year there, right when they made that run, they get into the, like the extended playoffs, like they hit pretty well and you kind of saw them turning the corner. So I felt pretty good about them going into this year. And, um, you know, it's just, I feel like they, you know, if they get a good shortstop that they can kind of just like count on to just hit like, get an OPS of like 750, mm-hmm. you know, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. I, it to me. I, I say it, made, it made a compelling point. So I'll flip the script here and then go hitting wise. I know that Winker and Castellanos are the ones that get a lot of the, a lot of the press and as they should, of course, two of the uh, all-star starters as of right now, and they've had incredible seasons. This Reds offense, I believe it's second in the National League in runs scored. I also believe I saw the stat that they have more 10-run game outputs than the rest of Major League Baseball combined, which is just insane. I think three of them just in this month, and we're sitting here on June 17th. What has surprised you the most about this Reds offense, whether it's a player, whether, whether it's an aspect of what they've done? What has really stuck out to you and surprised you? Um, it's funny you say that. So we, I just talked about this last night with uh, John Sadak it's the youth that stepped up and has looked like major league ready. Um, so Jonathan India, you know, has been, he, he's kind of taken on the role of the leadoff guy. And he's definitely had like the rookie season where he comes out at the beginning of the year and he's on fire. He's knocking everybody in and he's, you know, getting on, he's getting on base. And then like they made adjustments and they were pitching, they were throwing him low and away and he was chasing it every at bat. And then he made that adjustment. And so I think like, like guys like him and Tyler Stevenson, who like when Joey Votto broke his thumb, Tyler Stevenson hadn't played first base in professional baseball. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden he's playing first base every day. Um, yeah. Those guys just really shock me. So, I mean, they're first round draft picks. Um, so obviously, you know, when you with a major league assistant takes you in the first round, they expect big things from you. And those guys have really lived up to it. Stevenson kind of had a cup of coffee last year in the shortened season. And uh, he had the historic moment where his first at bat, he had a homer. And uh, like everyone was excited, but he's like, my mom wasn't here to see the ball go into the stands. So he's like, I think the grounds crew went and got it for me so I could send it to her and like stuff like that. But those two have just been really good as far as like that comfortability. And um, it's hard for me to not give Joey Votto credit. I know he's kind of like a league average hitter right now, but being willing at 37 to change like your ideas, you know, like he's, you know, and like be more aggressive and, saying he wants to do damage and he is um i think since he's been back he's hit two home runs he's got a ton of rbi and he's still getting walks so those guys have been really great but weirdly enough it's the catcher position both guys mm. right now are hitting fairly well uh, we always knew tucker barnhart is this incredible defender and he still is he's awesome he made an awesome play the other night where like a pop fly in foul territory and he slid and caught it and you know there's a reason he's a two-time gold glover but now he's hitting you know, he's about league average batting. He's a little over league average batting average wise, but, um, you know, he's getting big at bats. He had the game winning RBI yesterday on a, and took third while Vada was going home. So it's been a lot of just that stuff. And then obviously it seems like whoever has played center field has done something for this team. Um, lately it's been Tyler Naquin who they got for nothing. Um, you know, Nick Senzel played center field for a while. Shogo has been back a little bit and Shogo doesn't get a ton of at bats. But at one point he was like five for his last 10 and he was getting, he had like two or three runs batted in. Um, I think the comfortability with who they are and the fact that like, there's this weird like rapport with this team where you can tell like everyone, they kind of have that pass the bat mentality of like, I got a hit. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. And so like when they get rolling like that, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. I think that uh, 
I think this team, I feel comfortable saying that they can hit with a lot of baseball clubs. Maybe not the Padres. Yeah. If they split there, I'm happy. But I don't know who can hit with the Padres right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think the Reds are in that category. Who can hit with Winker or Castellanos right now? True. Yeah, Fernando Tatis think, uh, Jr. and Vlad Jr. Those are the two guys that came to my mind. Yeah, maybe Acuna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Acuna. Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom. Yeah, DeGrom. See, we both got DeGrom. See? <laughs> Great minds. Yeah. Love that. No, and I, I think that's a really good answer, too. And this is actually exactly what John Sadak was talking about, about clubs that win together and that come up together and you give them a chance and everybody starts clicking at the same time. And I guess we shouldn't be that surprised because they kind of pushed all their, all their coins on the table when they went after Mike Moustakis and they went after Nick Castellanos and now it's paying dividends. So you mentioned all those guys, you mentioned Aquino and Akiyama and Senzel when he comes back and Moustakis was he, when he comes back, that's a lot of guys for not a ton of open positions. Right. But I guess the first part of that question is what is David Bell going to do when it, of course it's a good problem to have when all of his guys are healthy and hopefully they're making a run in October. And then the second part is if the, if the reds are buyers at the deadline, like you said, you think they will be, what is their biggest need? Maybe besides, go away from the easy answer. Don't just say relievers because everybody needs oh, no, relievers. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, honestly, I was going to say, I think the obvious answer really is shortstop for them. Um, Eugenio Suarez has been pretty obvious that he is not a major league shortstop. Yep. And I appreciate the fact that he wanted to give it a shot to try to help the team win and get his bat in the lineup. And he's hitting better. Um, but, you know, it's you know, he's certainly kind of finding a little bit more of his groove. And then he had the weird thing where like they had to cut his index finger out of his batting glove so he could stay straight. He yeah. Like, what was that? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But then like he was hitting homers with it. So I was like, Oh, okay, sure. This is going to work fine. Um, yeah. I think shorts out the big one. And I know everyone kind of keeps bringing up Trevor Story because the Rockies are terrible. Um, I don't necessarily know, like, it's too late, to, you know, too little too late now. But Willie Adamas would have been perfect for the rest. Yeah, would Ooh. have been perfect. Um, and of course, he goes to Milwaukee for nothing. And yeah. they're like, "Well, Wander Franco is coming up for Tampa, and now Tampa, they don't need Wander Franco yet either." <laughs> um, so, I think the name that kind of is coming up because Trevor Story has obviously been brought up, but it's just you know, do you want to give up Hunter Green and Nick Lodello for half a season of Trevor Story? I don't think so. And I think the Reds are smart enough to not do that. Um, I really think it's Andrelton Simmons from Minnesota. I think he makes a ton of sense for what they want. Um, that Twins team is beyond underachieving. Like I thought they'd be so much better than they are. And, Same. Same here. You know, he's not a fantastic hitter by any means, but he can kind of give them a little bit of pep in the step in the bottom of the order. And, you know, this is a team that struggled defensively for most of the year. So if there's anything we know about Simmons from his time in Atlanta and Anaheim and now is that he's fantastic. So, yeah, I've always said if a team has – a below average bottom third of the order. It doesn't matter how good their stars are. They can't hang around with the good teams. You've got to have somebody. Simmons's defense obviously puts him in that higher category. And I'm also going to take the over on five twins being dealt at the deadline. I think, I think you're right. I think you are. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Well, the and, thing I'm, I'm curious. Cause like, you know, Trevor story is going to get some like ridiculous thing for like half a year. Like who's going to make that deal. Like it's not yeah. going to be Oakland, the Yankees. Yeah, it probably will be. And that's a terrible thing because they have so many more issues than who's playing shortstop. Yes, right. they do. Now and they're... then just just quickly, Tim, sorry to, to cut you off, Pat, but no, to that, that first point about um, like having too many players for the positions. Do you have a solution? Is there anything that David Bell is going to do or is it just 
playing guys where they are specifically at their best and just not giving as many at bats to somebody like Akiyama or Aquino? That's kind of what it's been for the most part. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, we play our best eight every day and we still have this great bench. Um, you know, the bench still has some like Mike Freeman's and Scott mm-hmm. Heinemann's this and there, Alex Blandino's from time to time, but, oh yeah, um, you know, what you really saw is like, you have like this flexibility. Um, so no, Joey Votto can't go play left field by any means, but Mike Moustakas can play first base. Um, Nick Senzel this year played center field, third base and second base. Yeah. So, and a lot of people here are like, well, why doesn't Jonathan India play shortstop? And it's like, well, metric wise, he's one of the worst uh, second baseman in baseball, <laughs> but he's a rookie. So, you know, you kind of expect that. So I think it's going to be kind of like, you know, there's going to be some way, shape or form guys are going to get at bats. Um, you definitely see a platoon at catcher where Barnhart is probably playing 60, 40 to Stevenson, but Stevenson in his last 16 games, I think is a 450 on base percentage. So it's like, how do you keep that guy from not getting back? Yes. Um, so yeah, it's a great problem to have. And to kind of give you the best answer is I don't know. Um, but it's exciting to see how it's going to play out because I don't think the way that like these guys are really like, have this rapport together. I don't think it's something where anyone's jealous of anyone get more at bats. Like Akiyama was like, yeah, I wouldn't play over, play me over those guys either. Yeah. That is a very good problem to have. And that wins games in the playoffs, that type of depth, having somebody that hot come up in a pinch hit situation to deliver a big hit. That's going to win games in October. Yeah. The other day, Jesse Winker got the day off and he came in and got a big hit in the, as a pinch hitter in the ninth inning. So not a bad spot to be in. Yeah, really. They're a fun team to watch. I mean, that's what it comes down to right now. It's really cool. And like, like you said, Tim, to, to see Cincinnati kind of rally around it as well, to see the Reds kind of back in contention. It's better that way. It's, it's more fun that way. I, I'm really glad to see it. And of course, just that offense, is just, just so great to watch with, with how potentially dangerous they are night in and night out. There's no one like Castellanos and Winker going right now together. It's a cool story. And that's part of why we wanted to spotlight it this week. You guys got to come to the GAPP sometime. Catch a game here. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I love you. that. I haven't, I haven't been to that ballpark yet. I, I definitely want to. but yeah, I'll happily host you guys. Um, <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and I, it's uh, cool. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. So my, my wife had never been to a major league game before, like, uh, before this year. Um, and so I, like, I've taken her to like, two games now. And both games, they've scored a combined like 26 runs and given up like three runs. <laughs> Baseball is so easy. Like, yeah. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, it's not really like this all the time. I promise. <laughs> Tim, what's the ceiling for this team? Ooh, that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, oh. I definitely do feel comfortable in saying that this could be a team that plays in the NLCS. Um, wow. I think, yeah. I think, you know, the, the way the bats are working, the way in the rotation, like they're a scary team. Um, they're a team that, you know, I wouldn't want to play in a short series if, yeah. you know, it's Castillo, if it's Castillo, Gray, Malley, or even Wade Miley, the way he's pitching fairly mm-hmm. well for this team. Um, you know, you have kind of your pick for that, those three games, you have this pick of the four and then all those bats. Um, I'll tell you one thing though. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that are really happy that we don't have a DH role in the NL this year because mm. the Reds had additional bad bat lineup might make things a little scary for somebody. That is a very good point. It's a great point. Yeah. That's scary. Now you're right. At, at least on the bat perspective, I still need to be won a little bit by Castillo and even somebody like Mally in the playoffs, but the bats are really, really scary to face right now. Yeah. It's just, you know, like you can throw whatever lineup out there against a lefty or a righty Yeah, and they might only score two, three runs a night, but they're getting eight hits in those games. It's a so, big deal. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's a joy to watch. Cool. 
Yeah, it is. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on with us. Please tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and how they can listen to you. Sure. Yeah. So uh, do you want the long answer? Yeah, go for it. Five minutes. (laughs) Um, You can check me out. My Twitter is timdaniel518. Um, Like Emma mentioned, I have way too many podcasts that I do. (laughs) Um, So if you're really into the NBA, I have the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. I do with some friends and we talk everything NBA and, you know, there's never a day the NBA doesn't have drama. So we're got to catch up and start doing more episodes. Today Uh, in point, Thursday, June 17th. I mean, no, I mean, yesterday, Wednesday, June 16th was a huge day for the NBA. You must have been beat. Our podcast was literally called the NBA happened today. That's (laughs) That's the best Uh, way to put it. We're also part of blue wire hustle. I just have not had a lot of time to get all my stuff moved over to officially be part of the team. So Mm -hmm. I'm working on that in the next couple of weeks. And then yeah, late night Reds talk. We are live on YouTube. Um, Also we're not a part of blue wire hustle, but I have sent them some things and said, if you guys would like to have us, we'd love that we'd we'd be willing to talk. Um, We're every Wednesday night. We're live on YouTube at nine Eastern. Awesome. Um, you can on Twitter at late reds where all the info there. So guys, thank you so much for having me. This was really cool. And, um, uh, I sure I talked your ear off, but I had a lot of fun doing no, it. No, no, great. I truly, it, it's, it's really fun to talk about the reds. They are a really fun team. And I think it can be a sustained success for a, a bunch of years. I know you want more of David bell. I'm on that train to mm-hmm. keep all this, keep this group together. And I think their ceiling is really, really high. Yeah, de Suarez, even when he was hitting like one six oh six, was still going to positive vibes only. So that's what we're love that. <laughs> all, all year long. Yeah, thanks so much, Tim. That was super fun. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Me. Thirteen and three in their last sixteen. This is the best time to talk about it. So glad we did this before the Padres series. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it for us here on the weekly walk off. Did you hear? podcast uh be sure to subscribe to the show on itunes follow us on spotify and leave a rating as well we are so close to 50 ratings so if you could leave one we would really really appreciate that follow us on instagram and twitter at did you hear pod we are bat flipping into the weekend and emma tim that's a wrap go reds